Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and on today's show, we're going to be answering a few questions asked by homeschool moms and start a four-part series on the why behind homeschooling. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey, Ben. Uh, well, just to let everybody know, we're back in the saddle again, even though this is our se- only our second program. Uh, last time we did it from Ben's house, which uh, I can see it from this window. Um, but so now we're in our respective houses. Um, we're trying to do this. We had a few technical difficulties, so we're hoping to, uh, make this a Facebook live thing in the future, but, uh, but I hope you were able to join us for the, uh, Facebook live party that we had a week ago. Um, I was not able to be there and we did a little pre recording magic. Um, but Ben was there with his wife, Rissa and Renly's daughter, and a couple of my kids, um, and it was an awesome time. Ben, would you, how'd you think it went? I think we all thought it went awesome. We had a ton of people, which we were super excited about. Uh, we were hoping we'd have at least a, you know more than four, and uh, we had a bunch of people watching, and uh, a lot of people asked some really good questions, which is where we got these questions that we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes from. Uh, we had a lot of people uh, win some books, which was super cool. Uh, we had people from all over the world. We had someone uh, from Australia and Belize, and uh, it was so it was super fun. I think everyone enjoyed it, and uh, we got to involve some of the other siblings in, which was fun. And they all had good question or answers to questions. And uh, yeah, I thought it went awesome. I mean, we had like 5,000 people overall viewed that video, which is it was fantastic. So I think there's a lot of people who had some, you know, wanted some encouragement. Well, that's very cool. You you were able to answer some of the questions, but you had some questions um, that you wanted to pawn off onto me. What were some of those questions? So one of the first ones we had was, um, this is uh, actually, let's see here. This one is from Cheryl Wise, and she said, what are some of the tips for transitioning into college? Um, what do you think? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you've got to like... Push them out of your house so they can move away. Um, but I, I, the transitions, um, you know, uh, you've already prepared them super, super well. You know, as I even think for Ben, uh, when he was he was taking some club tests and, um, you know, growing up, Ben had never taken a whole a test. I don't think in his whole life um, in our homeschool. My wife didn't test that test the kids because, as she said, I'm sitting right next to him. I know how they're doing. Why would I need to test them? Um, and so when he took club tests. Uh, I mean, he just everybody kept kind of warning us. Well, your kids won't know how to take tests if they don't take tests. Well, because he was homeschooled, because he knew how to study and because he just loved to learn, he did amazing. He did an incredible job on the test. I don't think you have to worry about the transitions. You know, the transitions might be harder for you because you're not going to be able to be in control as much because now you're going to have to trust them. And, you know, sometimes when they go to college, they can make choices that maybe aren't your choices. Um, I think the real important thing is to keep the communication lines open. You know, you want him to be able to talk to you at any time. And, um, and you know, he might say he or she might say some things that that uh, feel a little maybe different than maybe that you would have him to to choices that maybe you would have him make. Um, but the, I think the transition won't be so hard for him. It'll be a lot harder for you because, you know, as parents, we kind of control things when they're in our house um, as they m- move away and move on. We can't control it as much, even as they get older. Um, so, you know, but the thing is, you're going to figure that out as well, uh, because God's going to make it clear. You're going to know what to do. Um, 
And you're going to have to let your son or daughter, and I can't remember if it's a son, uh, you're going to have to let them fail, uh, maybe. You know, you can't you can't be there to tidy up after them. Um, because as my dad would say, you know, you're a big boy, Todd. you got to make big, big boy decisions. You're gonna, kids are going to have to make some big decisions, and maybe they're going to fail on some of those choices. But those are the best teachers as, you know, as we learn as we homeschool every day. How about another one? All right. Um, we have one here from Anonymous, so uh, unfortunately we didn't get their name. But how do you integrate homeschool with different age kids? You know, I really should have my wife here. Um, because she's the one who does the homeschooling or does most of the homeschooling. Now, I have the advantage that sometimes I get to sit in with them uh, as she does maybe some of the bookkeeping and she'll ask me to do some of the school. I'm not very good at it, but I am pretty fast. Um, and I know we do it in – she does integrate because there, there are uh, several different age groups, and we've had all age groups. And I know Ben uh, with his brother Sam, they were close in age. Basically, my wife did the same kind of school with both of them at the same time. Um, it wasn't like she was bringing it down to somebody's level or bringing it up to a level. She was just teaching all the kids. And that's the beauty of homeschooling, because you can read books that might be for a fifth grader, but a first grader likes them, too. And even a ninth grader likes them. Um, you know, really, as they get a little bit older, um, you're not integrating as much um, because they're going to kind of drift off and do their own thing, um, their own strengths. Um, maybe they're going to do some of their things separate. Um, and our older kids then aren't not aren't quite as integrated with the younger ones. But, you know, when you have them in close proximity, so like I have a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old, they kind of do school at the same time. Now, they're not doing the same kind of school, but there are certain types of things that maybe that we would use that would include others. We need to use the Trailblazer series, which we love. And it's got stuff. Um, for old kids and young kids. Um, but then they kind of break up when they go do their math. You know, Jed, who's 10, and Cal, who's 12, they might be working together with my wife. And then my 14-year-old daughter goes down and stares, and she works on her math for a little while. Um, so I think homeschooling is a great place to integrate, especially when you got little kids. Maybe you have a two-year-old. You know, they get to get integrated, too, because they get to be a part of seeing the brothers and sisters uh, learn. And... The big kids get to see how the the little kids fit into a family. You know, it's not as easy when you just have one third grader or a fourth grader and a fifth grader. Um, it's a lot harder when you got a little kid who needs a lot of attention. But that's a great place to learn the important lessons, the important lessons of what how family works. This is a, I think, a big one, and uh, I think everyone who's homeschooled knows other moms who have probably done this. But uh, someone asked, "How do you encourage friends who want to quit homeschooling?" And her name, uh, I think, was Janine uh, Feldkamp. Well, how do you encourage them when they want to quit homeschooling? Here's how I think you can encourage them, because you know, honestly, sometimes when someone says that they're not going to homeschool anymore, I I can feel like this pit in my stomach. Um, because I feel sorry for them, because I believe in the heart of every mom um, is the desire to have their children home. But through a variety of reasons, you know, it might be from pressures that they feel externally or maybe a spouse is pushing on them or whatever. I, I can remember one time talking to a mom who put her kids in school and she's talking to me like, oh, it's such a good thing. And I'm just so glad. But as she was talking to me, she looked like one of the perkiest people you would ever meet. And as she's talking, the tears are streaming down her face because her words were saying one thing, but her heart wanted her children home. So here's what I would do. 
I believe that God can speak to all people. He doesn't he doesn't need me to direct them in the right direction. So if God has made it clear to some family that they should put their kids in some other kind of school setting, I think we need to allow them to do that. And so we just encourage them that because, you know, even though they may choose to put their kids into school, that doesn't mean they're always going to have their kids in school. And they certainly don't need us to make them feel guilty. So I think you need to let your friends uh, hear from God and make their own choices, you know, and encourage them in their choices. That said, um, I'm going to put a little pressure on you. When you have a, a non-homeschooler friend who says something like, well, you know, I could never homeschool my kids. I think instead of saying, oh, yeah, I don't blame you. You need to be a little bit of a homeschool evangelist and say, yes, you could, you know, because God made you uh, good enough to teach your children. So I know it's not always easy and maybe we don't understand, but stay their friends. You know, don't abandon them. I, again, I t- talk to moms and say, yeah, all my homeschool friends, they abandoned me when I quit homeschooling. You know, that's not the basis of our friendship. Um, so be a good friend. Stick to them no matter what they do. This one's a little bit of a longer one. Uh, it says, and I don't have a name for this one, but it says, uh, I am one of those uptight moms who is trying to reform. Uh, your devotional helps, which is awesome. I also have a child that has one uh, has trouble in math, big trouble, like can't remember how to read a clock, still does math facts on her fingers, which I don't know what's wrong with that. But uh, the concept of money he can get, but if we don't review it every day, he forgets, and we start from square one. Uh, he can do fractions or decimals, and is uh, no, he cannot do them. Oh, I don't think. Do fractions or decimals, and and an eighth grade can't conquer fifth grade math. My question is, how do you graduate a child like that? They can't meet the state requirements or diploma. GED question mark. Um, help, please. Thanks, a mom. You know, there's a lot in there. Um, uh, you know, when she says, how do you graduate a ch- child like that? I'd say joyfully, happily, with a big smile on your face, convinced that God is has prepared that child for whatever he wants him to, to be. Um, I would say, you know, when you say GED, whatever you do, don't do don't have your kids take the GED. That pretty much looks, you know, when any kid shows that to anybody else, it looks like, oh, you're a high school dropout. You know, the GED isn't good for really anything. I don't, I don't even know why anybody would want one. Um, if you don't need one, don't get one. Um, you know, as far as state requirements for a diploma, you know, you're a homeschool. Um, some states do have some requirements, but you can fulfill those requirements. You know, it may not be the letter, the letter of the law, but you can say that, you know, our homeschool, um, our child has fulfilled the requirements according to all the mandates of our homeschool. And that's good enough. You know, um, but here's the real real reason behind all that, because some kids are math kids. Some kids aren't. I'm not a math kid. Uh, Ben's good at math. I never was. Even though when I was in college, I took advanced calculus. I, uh, you know, I could do all those things, but I faked it. Some kids can't fake it. You know, some math kids, some non math kids can't fake it. Some math kids, non math kids can fake it. I can't count back change. I can use a clock. I'll give I I can do that. Okay. Um, But right now. Uh, even though I've taken an advanced calculus, I could not do a simple algebra problem. I could ask Ben to do one real quick, but I don't want to embarrass him. See, no, I don't right. know if he could do it. No. I've had to relearn algebra like three times for different reasons, and each time it's basically starting over. Well, you know, and really, that's the thing. I don't know why we get so uptight. I'll, actually, I do, because people have falsely put pressure on us to think that, oh, your kids need all these things. It is not true. 
You know, you get to decide what's good for your children. You know, that's why we love teaching textbooks, you know, because it helps your and I, w- I would recommend, you know, to, to you, um, you know, get teaching textbooks. It talks through every problem. But here's the deal. You get to decide wh- whether you want to continue. Um, you know, I told my daughter uh, when she was taking she wanted to take geometry. Catherine, she's graduated now. And I said, hey, if you ever want to stop at any point, you can stop. And uh, I know that I was pretty decent at geometry because it was kind of a visual uh, math. And I remember one time she was like, Mom, I need help with geometry. And I'm like, hey, I can help you. And she goes, I don't know, Dad, it's kind of hard. And I'm like, I can help you. And she showed me a theorem and I looked at it for about a minute. And I'm like, I can't do it. You're going to have to ask your mom. But, you know, so I would just relax. I'd take a deep breath. You know, you say your child's in eighth grade. That's OK. Just keep plugging away, you know. Yes, counting and addition, multiplication, division, that's all super, super helpful. They're going to use that all the time. You know, I know some people who never get a handle on, you know, they still probably couldn't run down through their math facts and they still function. I'm going to bet that your child is awesome at something. Let them be awesome at what they're good at, because I'll tell you, your kids won't like being in homeschool. They won't like being in school if they're always failing. You know, we don't want them to fail. We want them to to feel good about it, to succeed in that. So just relax, plug away. You know, you got more years. Just keep plugging away. Don't worry about algebra and all those things. Just worry about the basics. And uh, your kid's going to smile and you're going to smile. And you don't need to feel guilty. You don't need it because really it kind of becomes about us as parents. Like, oh, why why aren't our kids doing this? Because this kid down the road, he's doing it. And then we feel guilty and we put pressure on our kids and they're miserable and it's everybody's crying and everybody's miserable. Um, so just take a break. Just take a breath and you're going to be OK. Your your son's going to be OK, too, because as we're going to talk in a couple of weeks, you know, we believe that God's made all our children amazing. He's made them all a masterpiece. And that kind of leads us into our next part, Ben, um, because we're going to kind of um, spend the next few minutes uh uh, talking about part one of a four-part series, um, because these are the things I thought it'd be a good thing to start at the very beginning of this podcast, um, this podcast's life, that we're going to talk about the four things that we believe about homeschooling. You know, these are the things that, that the Smiling Homeschooler really stands on. Um, you know, it used to be that we knew why we homeschooled. You know, back in the early days, people didn't know how to homeschool, but we knew why. Now we have lots of how-tos, but we've forgotten the why-tos. And I just want to spend just a couple minutes talking about why we why we homeschool. And this is the very first thing. This is what we're going to talk about today. And that's this truth. You can write it down. You can post it over your computer. I know lots of parents have written these out and posted it in their homeschool room. But here's the first one. Ready? Here it is. Home is the best place for our children. I'm going to say it again. We believe that home is the best place for our children. You know, that's the way it always was from the very beginning of time. That's the way God arranged it. You know, he didn't create a community, a, a network, a school. To, you know, he created just a family. And he and he took kids, imperfect kids, and he took these imperfect parents and and he t- and he put them as in, in this unit so that they could learn all they needed to learn. You know, that's where they would learn about God. They would learn about how they function in the world, where they're placed in the world. They learned about family because not only was home the school ground, home was also the battleground. That's where they were going to use it all as they were parents, as they were interacting. And, you know, and, and so that's the way it was for a long, 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 long time. 
But then somewhere along the way, someone started saying, you know, home is an okay place for some things. It's an okay place to go to bed. It's an okay place to have a birthday party. It's an okay place, you know, to watch TV. But it is not a good place to learn. And in fact, if you would have asked people a long time ago, well, how many days out of the year does real learning take place? Every single person on the planet would have said, oh, real learning? It takes 365 days, takes place 365 days out of the year, you know. But somewhere along the way, again, people started saying, no, that's not true. And I think it has to do with um, something that I saw on television on a Little House on the Prairie episode. Uh, and, you know, it was this. We like Little House on the Prairie, and in the winter we'll watch, we'll get the whole stack from the library, and, you know, we all laugh when Mr. Edwards laughs, and, you know, we all love not liking Nellie together, and, and even the big kids. And, Ben, you you cannot tell me you don't have good feelings at Little House on the Prairie. Nope, it's awesome. <laughs> okay, Michael there you go. Landon's laugh's probably the funniest <laughs> thing ever. You know, and even my old kids are saying, oh, you're not going to watch this again, and then they get sucked in as soon as they still see Mr. Olson say something to Mrs. Olson, or Willie gets sent in the corner again. But, you know, there's a scene that takes place almost every other show, maybe not every show, and it's all around this one building in the town. And when you hear the sound, the sound of a bell, like da-ding, 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 all the kids come running, and now... This is the place where real learning takes place. It's no longer in the homes. It's now in this building where they have a teacher with who rings a bell and a chalkboard. And uh, now, if you would have asked people, how often does real learning take place? Everybody would have said, oh, 180 days out of the year. You know, the thing is, we've started believing that. I mean, I remember I was at a homeschool conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was standing in line for some food. And this guy came up to me and he said, uh, so when do you homeschool? And, you know, we travel on the road and we, you know, and so I said, oh, we homeschool 365 days of the year. And he kind of snickered and said, yeah, I know that answer. Ha ha. But when do you do the important stuff? And I said, what do you mean? Like the, what important stuff? He goes, you know, like when do you do the important stuff like math and, you know, history? And I said, oh, those kind of things, the subjects. And he said, yeah, those things. I said, oh, we do them just like you. And then I said, but that's not the important thing. You know, we've kind of been duped into believing, mom, that those are the important things, but they're not. You know, in fact, I've never I was a pastor for 10 years. I've been doing this for 16 years now, and I've never had an adult come up to me with tears streaming down their face and say, you know, I'm so miserable because I don't know the Pythagorean theorem or, you know, I don't know where iron is on the periodic table. And why is it F.E.? Nobody ever does that. And why don't they do it? Because it doesn't really matter. And when I don't mean it, when I say it doesn't matter, I don't mean it. I don't mean it doesn't matter. I mean, it just doesn't matter. And even if you use that, um, to make your living. Those are not the things that really, really matter. The things that really, really matter, the things that are so, so important happen in your home 365 days out of the year. You know, I, I think I mentioned last time that oftentimes, you know, when I ask my wife, I'll say, so how was school today? She'll look at me blankly and go pointless, you know, and, and she'll say, I just feel like the kids didn't learn anything today. And I have said to her, I've said, honey, you know, our kids learned more after you close the books than they do during that whole time that you call school, which is true. Your kids are learning so much just by interacting among each other and, you know, with a little baby in the room and they're learning all these things, you know, and the thing is. Moms, you know, we're so concerned that we're not doing school right that we try to copy the institution. You know, we try to make our little uh, school rooms into school rooms. And by the way, you should go over to our Facebook page and check out um, the real homeschool room. 
um, you can, it's a hashtag. You can hashtag the real homeschool room. Um, because someone, someone, uh, started a, a thing, I guess a hashtag that says hashtag home, the, the homeschool room. And there are these beautiful, you know, uh, uh, Magnolia, you know, Chip and Joanna games types rooms. And all these other ones that are posting are all these, you know, stuff scattered everywhere, Lego everywhere, cat food, you know, blankets. That's, that's the real homeschool room. And that's where important stuff takes place every single day. Um, you know, and so, you know, we tried to copy their schools when the truth is the schools are copying us. Do you know what those schools do every day? They talk about sharing. I mean, I walked into a school during the summer and they're talking about getting along with one another and, you know, encouraging one another. Those are the things that we talk about in our homes every day. We used to make fun of those uh, schools and say, oh, you know, yeah, they talk about sharing. Well, you know, sharing's important. It's really, really important. But that happens naturally in your home. So schools are copying us. They plant little gardens. They take their kids on field trips out in the woods. You know, they go see things that we do in our homes every single day. You know, because we believe that home is the best place for our kids. So here's the thing, Mom. You need to cling to that fact. Cling to that truth. You know, you may be, you may be exhausted Right now, we've barely even started school. Maybe you haven't started. If you haven't started, don't start. But maybe you've only been at it for a week and you're ready to, to toss in the towel. You know, cling to the fact that home is the best place for your kids. You might be a single mom. And, you know, I just heard a story. I heard a mom. I heard a story of a mom whose husband died and her kids were young, like eight, nine, ten years old. And the pastor of the church came to them. They homeschooled their kids. The pastor of the church came to them and said, uh, uh, said, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I said to the dad or said to the mom. I think said to the dad. Um, you know, you, you, oh, maybe it was to the mom. I don't know. It was to one of the parents. You know, you're, you need to think about you. You know, you're a single parent now. You can't be homeschooling your children. I can't. If I had known the pastor had done that, I would have gone followed up and punched him in the nose. Because if you're a single parent and you feel like home is the best place for your kids, then it's true. You know, it is true. If you're a mom who has maybe a special needs child and they demand so much attention, you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm missing out all the other needs. It's not true. You're meeting those needs in a different way. In fact, if you're being homeschooled around a special needs kid, that is the best homeschool in the whole, whole, whole world. In fact, I just got an email um, yesterday. And this is the email. This is from uh, Deborah. And... Uh, Deborah said, uh, and I'm going to read the whole thing here. It says, many, many years ago, a friend of mine heard you speak. She brought back a cassette tape. Oh, man, that is a long time ago. Um, that she and I listened to together at the start of each school year when we get together to pray. Years later, I traveled to a homeschooling conference to see you, and I purchased a 10-CD pack collection. And for that, we're thankful, which I kept in the car to listen as I drove the kids to sports. Now most of our kids have graduated, and my friend and I are both homeschooling our youngest, eighth graders. I ran the Disney Marathon in January, and I thought I was in the best of health. And then a little, a little over a month later, I was in great pain and learned that I had an aggressive stage four, uh, uh, aggressive stage four lung cancer in my bones, brain, and lymph nodes. and was not expected to live to see the start of summer. In addition to sickness and grief, I was troubled about my youngest and sending her off to school and not being around even to see her go. 
in faith, my husband suggested we order a package curriculum, uh, BJU, uh, Bob Jones University video, and try letting her teach herself. It's now August, and she is several months into this curriculum. I'm taking chemo, and my cancer is shrinking significantly, significantly. And like other years, I'm starting the school year listening to your encouraging words, reminding me of the sovereignty of God in everything, and making me the mother teacher of this child, even in these circumstances. Um, I just wanted to thank you. The same CD sounds so different in the context of my circumstances, and the truths are still true today. You know those, those CDs? One of those things she has listened to is this truth, this truth that home is the best place for your kids. I'll tell you, Deborah, she didn't, she's giving her daughter, our eighth grader, an amazing education because I'm just going to pray. We're going to pray at the end of the show that God would grant Deborah a long time left on this earth, you know, but her daughter, her eighth grader is watching this, you know, she's watching this take place. She's watching her mother trust in God. She's watching as she prays. Will she cover as much? Who cares? The lessons she is learning are so much greater. And for Deborah, for you, mom, I want you to feel what she's feeling. You know, Deborah is not sad that, you know, they, they may not be able to cover all the subjects that she's cover, going to cover or not going to cover. What is she sad about? Because I felt that at times and wondering if she's going to miss out on the relationship that she has with her child. Mom, I don't want you to miss a second of that, you know. And, you know, when we grasp that reality that home's the best place for our kids, I'll tell you, it causes us to smile. So, Mom, that's our first one. We're gonna, Next week, we're going to talk about another one. Um, but I want you to just be thinking about this week as you're maybe maybe you haven't started homeschooling. Maybe, again, you're you're thinking, I don't want to do it. God, somebody else could do it better. You know, maybe it would be better if I just put my kids in school. You know, other kids are I'll tell you, you know, I've had moms who said, you know, I put my kids in regular school and it was like throwing f gas on the flames. I thought I had problems before. My problems were huger after that. That's because that truth, once again. Is home is the best place for your kids. Well, hey, Mom, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, I would love to hear some of your questions. If you have a question, um, Ben's going to give you some information where you can send that question, um, but we'd like to talk about that. Um, uh, have a great week. If you haven't started school, again, enjoy these last days of summer because we're running out. Um, if you have started schooling, make sure you're enjoying the days as well. You know, don't fret what they're not getting. Just enjoy the process. Enjoy being home with your children. And uh, because, you know, Deborah, again, she's afraid she's going to miss that. How about we pray for Deborah right now? Father, I just pray for Deborah. I pray that you would heal her completely. I pray that the chemo would work. I pray, even more importantly, that you would heal and that uh, you would help her. You would just give her a peace that passes all understanding. Um, Father, help her not even to worry about the gaps, because I know she's not worrying about the gaps, because she, all she wants is time with her children and with her husband. I pray for us that we would learn something from Deborah and that we would cling to the fact that we get to have our kids home. I thank you personally for allowing me to have my kids home. I think that Ben could be home all those years. And I pray for the moms who are homeschooling right now. I pray that today, as they listen to this, or tomorrow as they implement it, that they would enjoy 
being home with their kids and that they would feel confident in the truth that their kids are exactly where they need to be, home. We pray all this in your name. And all the homeschooling moms said, amen. Again, mom, thanks for listening to me. We'll see you next week. And until then, keep smiling. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll join us next week as we look at how parents are the best teachers for their children. Have a great week whether you've started homeschooling or not. If you have any questions, you can email us at ben at thesmilinghomeschooler.com and like us over on Facebook. And don't forget, keep smiling. Bye.